Good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. The 805 Conversations podcast is produced every other week. Please subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Pullman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and continued encouragement. And thanks to my podcasting partner and co-host Patrick from Pull String Press for this great studio. Hey, Patrick, good morning. Good morning, Mark. We have um, uh, up from the southern part of the 805 in Ventura, I'd like you to meet Stephanie Caldwell. Good morning. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is, um, and you, it's the middle of the morning, so you didn't have the, the crazy commute and stuck in traffic. Just a beautiful drive. And you're the president and CEO of the Ventura Chamber of Commerce. I am. And I'm thrilled to have you on the show for like... 800 different reasons and we'll start <laughs> that sounds like heavy pressure mark it's only it's only 45 minutes yeah, right but we got to get oh, through all right. 800 yeah. so that's do the math go yeah, yeah there's a lot of math um well you know this uh 805 conversations started as an adjunct of the 805 connect project which was to connect all three counties through the chambers of commerce through the economic development arms mm-hmm. the edc all, all of those groups so that all happened, that infrastructure was built, and then in an effort to um, tell the stories of the 805 better, we found that this channel doing podcasting actually worked, and that's what's done so well. And I wanna thank um, Greg Van Ness at Tolman and Weicker, uh, who's our sponsor, we read at the beginning of the show for introducing us to you and, and having you come on. So. Thank you very much. The chamber is so important to the economic vitality of the region. And you came from the San Jose Silicon Valley Chamber of Commerce. I did. I was there for about 10 and a half years. And what was the, um, the bait on the hook that got you to come down to beautiful 805? Well, it was a series, I think, of happy accidents. Um, I was perfectly happy in my job up there. Loved it. Had been there for, like I said, 10 and a half years. I'd taken a brief hiatus to work in high tech, work for Cisco Systems, yep. and I missed chamber work. So I went back, had an opportunity to go back to the to the chamber there, and had been there again for about three years, um, my second time around. And a friend of mine happened to say, hey, you know, I am an investor in this company. The gentleman who is, you know, the founder of the company is serving as the interim CEO of the chamber, and he's on the hiring committee to find someone. And I immediately thought of you. And I was like, come on, you know, I'm, I'm Ventura, really? I mean, I'm in Silicon yeah, Valley. I'm sure. embedded there. I had kids, I, you know, the whole bit. And just started thinking about it more and more. And every conversation I had with the Ventura Chamber, I kind of fell in love with it <laughs> more and more. And here I am, and I can't imagine myself anywhere else. Yeah, I, it's, uh, it's so beautiful there. And I just love that town. And uh, we've had several people uh, here on the show who are affiliated with the the downtown organization mm-hmm. and, and the various things that are going on. What's your vision for Main Street? You know, it's interesting because we get that question a lot, um, particularly in comparison to what's happening here in Santa Barbara. And <laughs> that's a whole other show. Well, no, yeah. no, I think that's the show. <laughs> well, and, and Help it us is, out. First of all, obviously, our Main Street is much smaller than, you know, State Street here in Santa Barbara. But we have really, it's all boutique, you know, mom and pop kind of shops. Yeah, it's not brands. Very few big box. 
Um, and so I think that has really helped us. I think the size, the vitality. That has helped you. It has helped us. It's mm-hmm. very interesting to hear Chamber of Commerce say that, that it's a help not to have that kind of corporate cash influence. Because I think that I feel like we're waiting, a lot of people are waiting for that to get infused. You know, it's interesting. I had I, I heard someone talking, it was a few months ago, about the anchor stores, mm-hmm. right? Right. And how that whole concept has changed. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's Nordstrom now that's doing this um, new model instead of these huge, you know, department stores, multi-level with, you know, thousands and thousands of square feet. They have a, you know, very small footprint where they have product around. You try it on, you get to touch it, feel it, and then you order it online and it's delivered to your house the next day. Mm. So it's kind of changing that retail model a little bit. Um, But, yeah, I think our we have a unique downtown, and I think it's part of the culture of Ventura. When you go into Ventura, it's kind of this quirky, you know, authentic space. And I think our downtown is very true to that. Hmm. So I think it's really it's really helped us. We continue to have people move in and move out, as you know, any community does. But um, it's just adding to the kind of diversity and richness of, of the community. The the next question has to do with the fire, mm-hmm. and we've had you know folks here talking about the fire, and what what that means. What what is the now six seven months later the impact been the long term impact for you? You know it's interesting because we were um, I want to say we we're fortunate we didn't lose any you know our our main street was not burnt um, our downtown. Um, predominantly what we lost were homes right. in Ventura. There were a few agriculture, you know, and uh, farmland and things like that that lost equipment, lost some of their product, but um, nothing was completely destroyed in the, for the most part. Um, so, you know, our downtown was hit pretty hard, but our community really rallied around in the month of December to do this kind of, you know, Ventura Strong, and everybody was out on social media showing, hey, I'm shopping downtown, I'm dining downtown, I'm supporting downtown. Um, And that helped with that initial boost, but now what we're finding is, you know, some of those businesses that maybe had been really close to the edge anyway are struggling still now, you know, seven months later. And, you know, when when the disaster struck, um, immediately we started calling out to our members, finding out what they needed in the short term and then the long term. But we were also in contact with, you know, Cal Chamber, U.S. Chamber. Um, in fact, the U.S. Chamber has a disaster services unit. And so we had many, many conversations with them. And they said that that's pretty normal in a disaster zone. Hmm. Initially, you get kind of that support but it's usually about six, seven months later when you start to see some of those problems reemerge. Yeah, those structural problems that were already there. Yeah, didn't just go exacerbated. Away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Temporary boost, but now it's right back. Uh, how are you on um, on uh, not rental, but business, commercial real estate, and availability and all of that? Are you full? So you know, our housing is our biggest issue. We're at you know about two percent housing availability. Yep which is very, very low, and that was pre-fire. And so, you know, then we lost 540-some-odd homes, plus all of the others that were damaged. So we've seen a number of folks who weren't able to, you know, they they lost their homes, so now their insurance is paying for them to find a rental. They can't find a rental in Ventura, so now they're outside of Ventura. So um, That's traffic then, of course, has increased. mm -hmm. Right, Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So housing is a huge issue for us. We do have some commercial space. In fact, we have several developers who um, 
kind of repurposing existing buildings, um, which, you know, is part of the charm of Ventura, right? It, mm -hmm. it doesn't just get plowed over and new things come up. Um, so there's a lot of unique space in Ventura, I would say, are available you doing, for offices. Are you doing things, uh, back to the residential housing, uh, it's not really chamber is a business thing, right? But mm -hmm. you're still part of the leadership, in my opinion. Yeah. So what is Ventura doing around accelerating permits and, and helping people in that regard? Because we know coastal towns, it takes a long time to a do anything. Time. Yeah. Um, does Is that still true post-disaster or do people all kind of get it that, hey, let's accelerate? I wish that were true. Um, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, um, sometimes development is a four-letter word and housing mm. development Meaning specifically. Slow. Or just we don't want that you know yeah. we have this great little getting back to our original comments right it's this great little town yep. we want to maintain the integrity of that town and how is this development going to change that hmm. people are fearful i think of um, growth and development because of the increase in traffic and the impact that it has in other areas um, but you know we as the chamber have kind of identified housing as the single most significant yep. impediment to economic growth and development. This is because of employment, right? Because right. when you bring in sure. a new employee, they have to be already acclimated to the environment or they already have to have some kind of foothold. Or they have to have some place, if, if you're yeah. hiring from outside to come in. To bring in, new talent, yeah. Where are they going to live? And so we hear this a lot. Um, we have in a van? Down by the ocean, maybe? <laughs> right. I'm just Down by the river. Van life? <laughs> Can't they do van life? I thought that's a well, big Well, you know, we have some unique um, new, uh, there's a new boutique hotel in town. It's the Airstream Trailer Hotel. Uh -huh. Sure, oh, sure. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah. 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 So, so there's, it feels like there's, there's three ways. You can attract them, you can retain them, or you can grow them, right? Mm -hmm. can the, you know, keep them. They go to the college, they go to Cal Islands, or, you know, right. can we keep them here because they already have that infrastructure and we don't have to do that, right? But right. if I'm importing someone from St. Louis, they look at a real estate page and they're oh. like, oh my gosh. Well, and also, if you import someone from St. Louis, typically they're going to be attached to someone, right? They're going to have a spouse, a partner, right. a significant right. other. Right. And if they get a job in Ventura, and even if they can find housing in Ventura, where's their spouse going to work? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's about, you know, to me, it's that balance. It's not only the housing balance, but it's the housing jobs balance. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, we hear from some of our larger employers that what their employees want, what their, you know, emerging workforce wants is not necessarily the stock of housing that we have in Ventura. So we do have some you, pretty unique um, new developments on tap. You mean the kind of housing? Yeah, the kind of housing. Huh. So we have a lot of, you know, single family homes. We have a lot of Adobe um, with a yard mm -hmm. and a garage. Small and, little bungalows in Midtown yeah, and yeah. that kind of thing. And that's not necessarily what some of these folks want. They're looking for efficiency condos. Mm -hmm. and Smaller units, maybe with more amenities, yeah. um, accessible to the downtown core, walk, skateboard, bike to work, yeah. surf at their lunch hour, hit the pub on the way home, grab a beer, and then, oh, let me, you know, grab some pizza or some pasta takeout or whatever on Main Street before I head home and not necessarily that traditional, you know, single family home. 15 you know. minute drive to get over yeah. to the driveway and exactly. park your car. Mm -hmm. I'm curious then uh, what the, I, mean, I just have a, a lot, a lot of <laughs> questions. I'm sorry, just my brain is going, because I've been, you know, I've been involved in the Economic Community Project, you know, mm -hmm. back in the day here in Santa Barbara this 805 project, you know, thinking everything you were just saying was it exactly what Mike Manchek said from the slow EDC, mm -hmm. which is 
okay, we can bring the people. What are we going to do with the spouse? What, what do, do we even know what all the jobs are that are available here? Do we have easy ways to get them excited and interested? Yeah. So I so those problems, are, there's 26 chambers in the 805? Mm -hmm. That's a lot of chambers, right? Mm -hmm. You're all working. Tell me what it's like, because um, I've not, never been able to get the answer to this. How do you all work with one another? Because it feels very competitive because you know, it's, there's membership, you know, do I have dues in, in Ventura and in Camarillo mm -hmm. and in Oxnard and in Port Wainimi and how does that work? Right. So, you know, yes and no, I will say um, it isn't, it's competitive in the fact that we're in some ways competing for the same members, um, particularly those members that represent more of a regional, you know, geographic right. area than just specific city. But we all work very closely together. In fact, we formed the uh, Chamber Alliance quite a few years ago. Yep. And the whole concept behind that is all of the chambers get together. We communicate on a regular basis. We talk about common issues. And we've hired a lobbyist to work for us in Sacramento. Because, again, over and over, what we hear in California is regulation, regulation, regulation. So trying to make sure that we're impacting um, those decisions that are made in California that trickle down here into Ventura County and Santa Barbara County. Um, and we have a pretty active alliance. So that has really helped a lot. We share ideas, um, we share members, and um, we, we play very well in the sandbox together. Is regulation really it? I mean, it seems like, you know, like, like very often we just, we point at this, this you know, big Goliath thing, and we're like, oh, that's the thing. And it's like, but, but often the solution seems more subtle. So is, is regulation? I think regulation is part of it. And I think certain industries are more heavily regulated than others. Um, so there's challenges there. But I think, you know, in any community, it's about finding what works for that community and finding solutions, you know, beyond just what's happening in Sacramento. And I think that that's part of the reason why we do work closely together, because we know if something's happening in Oxnard, we keep our eye on it because chances are it's coming to yep. Ventura yep. and vice versa. You know, something's happening in Ventura. I mean, a perfect um, example of that, although it's really kind of happening statewide, but it, the coastal communities were hit hard by it, was the vacation rental policies. Yeah. So, and it just kind of like a wave hit. Where does oh, the ch no. where does the chambers well, yeah where does the chamber stand on that? Hold it, is that was that a statewide thing? That was I no, thought but that every, was local. every community, every community is, is pretty much bringing in. Is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, got it. Sa San Diego is the next one that's that's uh, attempting to enact the uh, kind of real similar rules to what we have here in Santa Barbara, yeah. which is that you have to be present. Uh, in the place that you're renting and yeah. short term can't be less than 30 days typically and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And emergency response kind of issues, you know, having somebody that's able to respond within a certain period of time if mm -hmm. there's a complaint and those kinds of things. Where does where I was asking, where does the chamber stand on? Uh, how do they feel about that kind of um, business that kind of the, the uh, shared economy businesses like like Uber, who, oh, who just yeah. recently got got hit pretty hard in, yeah. in New York? Are those are, are do you treat them with the same kind of like um, uh, you as a chamber of commerce, do you do you look after them in the same way that you might look after the brick and mortar, or is this something that are actually in conflict? Well, I I think that you have to look at the whole picture, right? And shared economy is the wave of the future. There's a lot of these things happening out there. I don't think we've seen the end of it. There's a lot more mm -hmm. coming. Oh yeah. So I think we have to be open to how does this fit within our traditional model, and how do we create. Um, I hate to say parameters, but, you know, some rules of engagement so everyone can live 
fairly cohesively. Yeah, I would be interested to see how you deal with it, because like, the local taxi company might be a member of your chamber, mm-hmm. whereas as Uber or one of the other ones it's might not, not be. Yeah. Actually, Uber is a member of our chamber. Oh, well, that's no, nice yeah. of them to come down <laughs> oh, and be. Okay, so that just Smart move by them. That's, yeah. su- that's surprising. Mm-hmm. Is there a, someone who, they just write a check? Yeah, Pretty much, they just write yeah. a check. They haven't been real active, but um, they had... When they first joined, they definitely contacted us about a few issues and feels like a respect had some issue. Conversations. Like, like, well, yeah. we got to respect those local chambers because they're powerful. That's right. But I just I see that as like this. We we on State Street we have a lot of um, uh, conflict between this concept of people who are no longer buying their goods and services, like you were talking mm-hmm. about from brick and mortar, and they're instead going online with this. And so having that kind of that that chamber of commerce support for brick and mortar versus chamber of commerce support for uh, you know this this uh, Amazon, right. you know, for instance. And it's it's just interesting to me because because when you hear the Chamber of Commerce, how are you guys modernizing? Like, what is your what is your contemporary move for the future? If if brick and mortar is is shifting, you know, how are you? Chamber of Commerce seems like a, an old fraternity. It, you know what? We get that a lot. Yeah. Um, I will say that um, in in Chamber's defense, um, if you've seen one chamber, you've seen one chamber. It's That's every good, chamber is very different yeah. and. Mm-hmm. In, in my personal chamber philosophy, we are driven by our members. And so if we are acting as the voice of business, right, we don't know that intrinsically. We have to go out into the community and find out what the businesses are, you know, experiencing. What are their opportunities? What are their successes? What are their challenges? What are their big issues that, you know, keep them up until 3 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and stress mm-hmm. them out over I can't grow because of X, Y, and Z. And then how do we become a part of that solution? And oftentimes it's not the chamber coming up with a solution, but it's the chamber advocating on their behalf, creating some inroads, maybe some relationships, um, kind of softening the speed bumps, if you will. Hmm. Do you see yourself as a convener for that type of thing? Absolutely. I think you know the biggest skill you can have in this business is being able to listen and then being able to communicate back and building coalitions because, you know, let's face it. I mean, we are our elected officials change all the time. Hmm. They all come at it with a different philosophy. And especially now we're going to a district election model in Ventura. And what does that mean? So I, I believe Santa Barbara has has had that for some time. But it used to be we had an at large election process for our city council. and We have seven city council members and every two years Um, you know, a different set of council members would be up. So it was either three or four. And every citizen who's registered to vote could vote for any one of those council members that was up for election. You have to only vote for the people in your district. Only in your district and only every four years. So it it limits a little bit what your what your say is and who's who's serving. I want to get to uh, two questions on uh, that have to do with the uh, distribution of types of businesses. But I want to start with startups. Mm-hmm. Startups and incubators and co-working spaces are you know, just everywhere. These so days. 2012. What? what? <laughs> you just said startups, and I haven't heard you say that in a while. It's yeah, interesting it's, to it's, think about like startups feel outdated. But they, you know, th- there's always new business, yeah. and you need incubation, you mm-hmm. need acceleration, you need co-working there, which all are different things specifically and especially if they're associated with the university. Mm -hmm. So what's that scene like in Ventura? Well, we do have an incubator um, actually in our building, uh, the building that the Mm -hmm. chamber's in, it's right above us. And fortunately, we had a huge success out of that incubator, the Trade Desk. uh, That That was epic success. Epic success, right? What is Trade Desk? Talk about a unicorn. 
Um, so it's a online marketing uh, space. Basically, they uh, buy and trade uh, marketing, uh, you know, opportunities. And right. so they um, traded I, I didn't mean you to have to quote yeah, their yeah, entire um, business model. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. But <laughs> they started at two desks in the in the incubator right above our office and grew. And now they are an international company. Oh, wow. Um, you know, publicly traded for, you know, I think $2 billion was yeah. the best. Oh, yeah. Crazy. No, yeah. <laughs> huge, huge. A billion yeah. per desk. Yeah, and, and exactly. And they are very committed to staying in Ventura. Oh, and they have grown now. They're in, they're completely out of the incubator, obviously, yeah. in their own building. And now they're looking to expand. And, and, you know, that's a huge success. How do we create more like that? Um, I think it's it's really allowing businesses to see kind of what is in Ventura that's so unique. I think we have a unique opportunity in this area and, and specifically the, the Tri-County region because we have spaces all along the 101 corridor that are perfect for these um, entrepreneurs to kind of settle in, do their thing, grow their businesses, and then kind of see what happens. I think you need to be there. You need to be um, nimble enough to supply them with what they need um, when they need it, but kind of stay out of their way in order for them to really be successful. I think you said it earlier, which was having the density of services, housing, uh, walk to work, bike to work, Mm -hmm. and and uh, that's a cultural vibe, Mm -hmm. and culture is what attracts new employees to them, right? And so as they're wanting to grow and and they want to see that just that robust, vibrant kind of culture. That's part of their whole life, right? Because yes. especially in the entrepreneurial startup phase, we're kind of working all the time, yeah. right? <laughs> so we want we want those nice amenities just to make it easy because all we're thinking about is just getting to work. Right, right. Well, and when you can take the break, guess what? You know, you look out mm-hmm. your, your window and you've got an amazing ocean view, right? Yeah, right. So there's right. definite benefits. Are you seeing a an, uh, a, a generational shift in your membership? That is, are 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 the uh. are are we seeing the the thirty somethings and the forty somethings taking up the 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 reins as the um, you leaders know leaders of the chamber? Well, the the you know can maybe you know the 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 people who were in charge of the chamber twenty years ago are starting to move out of it or, or hand it off. Is yeah. that happening? I think they're still involved in some areas, but um, we do have a, a pretty strong emerging leaders program. We call it our Young Professionals Group. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I just had a meeting with them yesterday, and they're really looking to expand beyond what they have traditionally done. Mm. They don't just want to be the social club. They don't just want to be Young you know, and offering and, yeah, these and, professional yeah. seminars. They want to be really active and involved. They want the seat on the board. They mm-hmm. want to be And not you know, the junior part, seat on the no, board. the real right. deal, right? right? Voting member of the board so that they know their voice is heard. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the interesting parts of a chamber. You know, I get asked a lot of times, you're going to do this, Stephanie, whether I'm a member or not, so why should I be a member? And my response to them is, well, you're right. I am going to do this whether you're a member or not. But wouldn't it be better for you if your voice was part of the conversation? And that's how you become, you know, a part of that conversation is by joining the chamber. So. When you're thinking about your communication plan, the um, you should join the chamber because your grandfather did and your father did, and your I mean, there's a legacy. There's a legacy. I can honestly pitch. say I've never said that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, just as you said it, it was sounded a little like 
But it just feel it. I, I know it, like, that's what you do. You join the chamber. Um, I ah. re- I remember we merged with a big Silicon Valley company. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had an animation company here, and they said, "Are you a member of the Chamber of Commerce?" I was like, "Why would I do that?" <laughs> yeah, because because that's what you do. Oh, okay. I'll go do that. I mean, you know, it was like, And then yes. what does that mean, right? And, and what it, it turned out to be fantastic because mm-hmm. I had no idea that you could have a voice in what was going on. Mm-hmm. You did. I didn't understand any of that because we were yeah. busy running our business. Right. Right. And so that's why I'm curious. The, the pitch to getting, and I'm going to say millennials, uh, but getting, because there's a different thing that's important to them. Mm-hmm. And have you had to street jigger your communications to get to that group? That's interesting. I think it depends on what your approach is in the first place. I, you know, my approach has always been, what do you, what are your issues? You know, tell me about your business. What are your needs? And it's a needs-based approach. Um, I know you had Ken Opplinger on the show, yep. um, you know, a while back and, and he was talking about the traditional gym model, you know, you join and you get out of it, what you put into it. I think that, you know, there are still people that have that, and that's great. We'll take those members. We love it. We'll continue to work for them. But what we really want is, you know, oftentimes it's that one thing. A member comes to us because they have one issue, and it's like, I need help. Who can help me with this? They tell me what the issue is. Give me an example of something like that. I mean, it could be anything. I mean, it could be helping getting through the permit process. It can be, um, you know, connecting to the right kind of businesses that they need. You know, if you are, you manufacture this widget and this is your product, you are an expert at that widget, but you are not necessarily an expert at everything else that goes into running that business. Many businesses have failed because people don't see beyond just that widget, right? So we can connect people to those services and things that they need, whether it's, let me put you in touch with a score counselor who can help you come up with your business plan. Let me you know, or if it's, hey, you need a CPA, here, here you go, this is a great CPA in town that'll help you out. Um, or whether it's, you know, connecting them with financing options or HR services or where do I find talented people? You know, it can be any number of things that someone would come to us with. It's like you become a team member of, yes. of their Yes, kind of, of an extension, yeah. of, almost a consultant, yeah. almost a business consultant. Yeah. Kind of a, a you know, jack of all trades, master of none, right? It's like that deep, but that broad. So well, I, th- I think to Mark's point, when he was, you know, he had these large partners come in and say, why are you doing this by yourself? Why are you trying yeah. to be a business leader inside of a town without, you know, accessing this right. this network of services that are just sitting right there, just yeah. waiting for you to come down and knock on the door and say, hey, I would also like yeah. to have access to your, yeah. you know, your great yeah. wealth of knowledge. Honestly, the number one reason why people join the chamber is to grow their business. But, you know, there are so many other reasons. And um, another one of your recent guests, John Silva, with the Dupuy Group, mm-hmm. um, oh he's our gosh. board chair. Isn't he fantastic? So oh he's gosh. our board chair this year. And he, you know, will historically tell the story about how he was asked numerous times to join the chamber and said, why? Mm-hmm. And finally, someone gave him a good reason. That's like, hey, you, your business is located in Ventura. You hire Venturans. You are a Venturan. It's about the quality of life of our community and, you know, be a part of those solutions to make it better. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly why I should be a part of the you chamber. You just need to hear that. Um, well, right. and it's different for everyone. Yeah. The the networking piece is probably for me the number one reason. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times one very specific conversation called the chamber prior. Uh, it was with with Cushman was running it. And I I needed a lawyer, 
and we needed in a, a really good lawyer, a specific yeah. lawyer, yeah, yeah. A good business lawyer. And he and it was funny he because he knew he knows. I mean, the thing is, I call you, you know everybody. Mm-hmm. That's part of your job description. He said, he says, do you want a shark, or do you <laughs> want someone who has your back? Hmm. I was like. Okay, I think I want someone who has my back. Yeah. But who is the shark? <laughs> yeah. I might also want to yes. know that. I want to know both. I yeah. want to know both. Yeah. 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 So that's so I'm sure you get those kinds of calls Absolutely. as well. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I was just going to say earlier that we had you you brought up a, a, a wonderful point that uh, Stephanie that says um, uh, you know you're a member of this community you're venturing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a part of isn't there a part of like you owe it to the rest of the businesses in town that have, have helped you, like you may or may not realize that we've already helped your business yeah. be great and mm. now it's time to, to give a little bit back and participate in Yeah, the you know, there's really, I look at it kind of five buckets, right? It's economic development, which is, of course, the number one issue, right? Where it, chambers would not exist if we weren't somehow involved in economic development. It's, you know, networking and visibility. So providing those companies, um, those networking opportunities, Mark, like you mentioned, but also the visibility for the larger companies, you know, so that they have their name out in the community. Um, It's community building. It's giving back. It's working with the nonprofits. It's developing the next generation of leaders. You know, it's it's those kinds of um, quality of life issues. And then, you know, certainly advocacy plays a big role. Um, when you need help, you need help now. And you need somebody who's going to jump on that and help you um, find the solutions. And so that's a big part of what we do. And then finally, it's political advocacy. So when all of those pieces are working, you know, perfectly well, all the wheels are in balance, great. Keep going. But it doesn't always work that way. Usually one of those wheels might be a little out of balance. So that's when the chamber steps in and, and works on our political advocacy piece. And is it the, what's the difference? Uh, advocacy number four, is that's just getting through bureaucracy and systems and just mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Where the other right. one is we're looking at bigger picture things like water regis- legislation, environmental regulations, all of those big picture ideas. Really, it's um, pol- the political advocacy and political action piece is much more specific even than that. Um, I would lump those kinds of water policies and whatnot under advocacy. Um, but the political action is when we say, gee, you know what? Our current elected officials maybe aren't serving our community as well as they could. Mm. We need somebody who has a little bit more business-friendly approach. Oh. Um, and then we go out and we identify and help to get elected those business-friendly candidates to oh. office. Wow. There you go. Um, w- one of the things that the other question I have is, so – your Ventura City, not Ventura County, because it's quite large. Mm-hmm. So, is agriculture come into Ventura City, or is that more at the county? It's it's more at the county level. We certainly have ag in the city of Ventura, um, but um, much of that is dealt with on the county because a lot of those, um, you know, Ventura-based agriculture, it's unincorporated county properties. Right. Are you leading towards the cannabis question? I, I wasn't going to, but um, I, I should. Can I be the young guy who asks it? Please. How, how is the chamber reconciling um, the participation of these new emerging businesses that, that perhaps are in this kind of gray area that has yet to be fully sorted out? So it's interesting. You know, we have not dealt with that yet in Ventura because Ventura still has a, um, I don't want to call it a moratorium, but they don't allow uh, those businesses in Ventura. So in Ventura County or city? In the city of, in Ventura. The city of Ventura. So we have not yet um, 
brought that issue. Is that something board. that's on your horizon that you're that you have? Do you have a, a contingency plan? To I definitely come? think it's coming, yeah. um, and we know that it's going to be coming back to council. So I think at some point in our probably you know twelve month near future, yeah, um, we'll be we'll be having to discuss that issue. I feel like like just watching our council and watching several other councils in California, it's hitting every single city council until there's kind of a, uh, a consensus and then it comes back the next week. And, and the, next, the yeah. next week, yeah. yeah. Because it seems like it's such a, a, a heavy, um, I mean, it's on every news broadcast is talking yeah. about, well, what about the, the beverages? What about the, you know. Edibles I'm, and all of yeah, this, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, and then it's also, you know, the HR issues that are involved with that. Um, you know, that's a huge thing. There's been what are several. Those? Yeah, give a couple of those. Well, what you are those? know, if, if you have a no drug policy and oh. all of a sudden, now, you know, <laughs> How do you oh. deal with that? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, those are all issues that people are really struggling with. And so it's definitely coming back. Um, you know, it's funny. It goes through kind of some some waves in Ventura. Um, we've had a number of public speakers at the council meetings talking about cannabis and um, some for, mostly for, and some not so much. But Is that part of your job? Do you keep track of, of the uh, of a city council? Do you keep, like, how much of your day-to-day operations are, because, of course, you, you know everybody in your chamber, you facilitate a ton of chamber work, but, like, like just you specifically, are you having to go to all of these different, do you go to a lot of meetings? I Is go that to your a gig? lot of meetings, especially council meetings. Okay, so what's your trick to getting through the portion of that meeting. This is a little insider baseball <laughs> stuff here. Like, what? What's your? Specific... He loves going to council meetings. Uh, yeah, I do too. I, I just, yeah. I think you have to really enjoy it. Um, otherwise, you'll be asleep in the back row. Right. 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 I mean, you have to keep track of like, oh, I think that he's mad at her, but he doesn't want to say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. Or you, I, I copy down quotes. You know, oh, nice. From certain council oh, that's like, a good one. That's a good one. I'm going to hold in my pocket. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, um, I follow the agendas very, very closely, and I'm at. I won't say all council meetings, but sure. I'm at most council meetings. If I'm not at the council meeting physically, usually I'm watching from home. Do you have a good quiet snack? No, I don't. Oh, like good strategies to come yeah. up with a good quiet snack. Yeah, something I, that doesn't unwrap badly. Yeah. Okay. Oh. I'm usually, especially for those marathon meetings that yeah. we know are going to go until midnight or one o'clock, I usually get the you know grande coffee with an extra shot of espresso on my sure. way in. Sure. My wife was uh, on the the architecture board of review for a long time, and so there was a lot of those kind of council meetings where I was. You know, sneaking a burrito yeah. in, into her, you know, because there was like, <laughs> we're like, this is a very contentious issue. It's going to yeah. go late. You're going to need, and she's yeah. in the hallway, like eating a burrito really yeah. quickly to go back and get on camera again. Yeah. What's the biggest challenge for you right now uh, outside of the housing? What's number two? You know, I think um, I had an interesting meeting this last week, and it, it kind of uh, crystallized for me in my mind how we need to maybe think about our communication effort. I think it's communication. Hmm. Um, You know, you mentioned all of the efforts that are going on in the Tri-Counties area and in Ventura County, specifically the visioning and kind of economic vitality, you know, planning and all of these things. And part of it is there's this division. There's people that want this, you know, forward thinking, you know, development, evolution of our community, continuing to be prosperous and and building on that safe and clean and prosperity. And then you have the people that are like, wait a minute, I don't want to see another, you know, shovel in the ground. I don't want to see more development. I don't want to see more cars on the road. And so how do you bridge that gap? How do you, you know, justify those two mindsets and come up with something in the middle that works for everyone? And I think that that's been a big part of it. And I I met with someone this last week who kind of put it in an interesting way. We were talking about our upcoming elections and and kind of 
um, you know, we have four council seats right now that are going to be decided in November. And uh, three of them are unencumbered. So we have, we're going to guarantee to have three new council members. Hmm. How do you make sure that we've got the right people on council making the decisions that are in the best interest of the city when some people in the city feel this way and some people feel this way? And you represent both. And we represent, yeah, both. So, you know, we were kind of painting the picture of what smart growth and development looks like, what economic vitality looks like, how that safe and clean kind of fits into that. And this person kind of posed a question to me and said, okay, Stephanie, so let's say you're successful and you get all these great business-friendly council, you know, council members. How do you make sure that you don't have this overwhelming, you know, aggressive development and growth? And I looked at him, I said, you know, that's a really good question, but I don't think that could happen in Ventura because we have the checks and balances. We have a really engaged citizenry. We have groups that are really committed to making sure that we've got the right kind of development in Ventura. And we have processes along the way that I think will keep that out. Um, not, not to mention our existing policies that are already there for density and whatnot. So staying along that line, it feels like all of the interests for Ventura or by Venturans. And I mean, the, the, we don't have outside influences that are driving agendas for Ventura. True or not true? Interesting question. I don't know. Um, I think that there probably are some outside influences. I think, you know, we are um, surrounded by some really great educational institutions. And I think that um, there's always a little bit of influence there. Um, EDCVC, which is the Economic Development Collaborative, um, you know, they're kind of not just in Ventura, but it's outside of Ventura as well. Um, I think it's I think that there are outside influences. I think that, you know, as companies move in, um, as individuals move in, they have different views and mindsets, and I think some of those influences come with them. The reason I ask is I went and saw Dark Money last night. And uh, if our listener hasn't heard about that, it is about Montana and the outside influence of that money on politics, Mm -hmm. and it's all masked 13 ways from Sunday Mm to you never really know. And so it's just got me. I'm not a conspiracy theorist guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm a conspiracy I'm, theory when it's a, um, when it's it, when there's a movie that lays it all out. And yeah, you know, you no, exactly. Download the records and you know. Yeah, it, it was it was it was frightening, and it got me thinking about you know that when we're thinking about just local citizens who say mm-hmm. I'm going to step up and represent, and I'm going to mm-hmm. do. I'm not going to get paid, or I'm not going to get paid much. It's not a job. I'm doing it as a part of my community mm-hmm. service. Th- that kind of pure intent, I appreciate and thank God that we have those people in our community. But then I think of the other ones that are driven by outside forces. And I was just curious. And I didn't, when I was looking at your face, when you're like, <laughs> no, I don't think I, well, yeah. I, don't, I don't get that vibe at all. No, I, I think as far as our council goes and, and you know, our, our most of our business leaders, it's interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm new. I mean, I've only been in Ventura three and a half years. And so, for me, I, you know, am I an outside influence? I don't know. But um, <laughs> they brought in a ringer. From Silicon I, I feel yeah. like I am. I'm a Venturan. I mean, I've kind of completely yes. um, been absorbed into the culture of Ventura, and that's one of the things I love is that community of Ventura. And so, I think that's part of what will also keep us true to our authenticity in Ventura mm. is. Kind of that once you kind of get there, you drink the Kool-Aid, and it's like, wow, this is the greatest place in the world. Yeah, it is. So 
you know, nobody wants to see that change too much, right? But we definitely want prosperity. We definitely want growth and development. Because but you're saying it, you paradise care. isn't perfect. Well, you know, I'm saying paradise. <laughs> There's our T-shirt for the show, in, Patrick. Paradise isn't perfect. Um, you know, even no matter what in life, right, you have to continue to grow and evolve and develop. And so yeah. um, I think that even paradise has opportunity for growth and development. That, that's the T-shirt. Oh, there you go. I, I agree with that there completely. I think that's, I mean, we're, I'm also a, an immigrant from the North. And yeah. so I... Uh, I struggle with that constantly of like the, this closing down the, the paradise gates behind us yes. to say that's no more. We're good. Yeah. We've, this is as good as paradise can get. And I think, well, only for this generation. I think your, your earlier point is so perfectly said. Uh, the the employees that we have that are coming in to, to take these new jobs are not people who are interested in the picket fence. Right. And, the you know, uh, they, they have uh, the priority of saying, I want to stop by Topa Topa on the way home. Yeah. I do not. And and I don't want to risk anything by doing that. I want to walk from Topa yes. Topa back yes. to my house, yeah. yeah, safely. Well, and I think that that's so. Is well, this is a long. That's this here at the end. I suddenly say, hey, <laughs> let's talk about actually like space for development. I we struggle constantly with our downtown. Uh, there's not enough places to live mm-hmm. above right those types of breweries and right. places to, to hang out. And and I think that that's that's the emerging conversation that we're kind of scared of having is saying like. Will we change our skyline to accommodate this new this new employee who will make everything better? Or is there some adaptive reuse policies that you mm-hmm. can put into place so that some of those existing buildings that may be empty or underserved can be repurposed into housing? So, okay, so um, we'll th- talk about comparables for a second. I look at Santa Monica, mm-hmm. uh, vibrant in, in all aspects. And they don't have a they don't have right. a forty five foot height limit. <laughs> oh, that that could be it. It's a huge part. Um, and, and and we're down there every six weeks, and I notice I'm just a, I, the housing is so interesting and integrated, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just interesting to look at. It's like I and diverse, it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and it's right there. Everything you can walk in. Yeah. Do you know? To the Ventura leaders, look at that and go. Gosh, do we we should look at that and can we do some part of that or it's like no we don't want to be like that i think that there's a lot of you know fear for we do not want to be we don't want to turn into la we don't want to turn into the oc we have this unique slice of you know paradise Mm -hmm. here um, on this little stretch of 101 right on the beach how do we keep that intact be true to ourselves but still serve the needs of our community. And I think that's really what we're working towards. And right now, the needs of our community, we need housing and we need more um, more businesses with job opportunities. You know, it's sad. We have um, several members just in the last year who their spouse is maybe in a mid-level management in a, you know one of our emerging tech companies. They've been there for maybe 18 months, two years, three years. Next opportunity they're ready for. So they're out there looking for their next opportunity. And they couldn't find it in Ventura. So they had to Mm. move. Mm. It was either down to Santa Monica, LA, or up to San Francisco. So the spouse pulling them away. Yeah. So, you know, how do we create that so that we can continue to keep that talent here in Ventura and provide continued opportunity for them? So it's not just, great, now you've got your job, but how do we make sure we keep you here so that you have that succession and, and retention? Yep. Yeah. Is that a um, strong baseball? 
team, I think. Yeah. Is that what they're doing? <laughs> uh, so that's back to the communications challenge. Mm-hmm. So the, the no growth um, voice, is that voice open to these conversations? We're working on it. That's been a huge part of, of you know, when I first was hired, we had um, – a proposal that was going before council, it was a residential allocation program, which would essentially limit the number of housing units that could be built in a year. And it was a fairly low number. And so was this wait you that you guys that the chamber was sponsoring? No, no, yeah. they, no, no, the, no right. it was, you know, a couple of city council members had kind of pushed this forward. And so when I was in my interview process, they were explaining this to me, and I'm just kind of scratching my head because, of course, I'm coming from Silicon Valley right. where super impacted. You know, we had huge housing issues, and the housing costs, I mean, just in the couple of years before I left had gone up so much. Which is why it seemed like such a good deal to move to Ventura. Right, right. And now here are the same issues happening. So, you know, we, we really fought that, and we were successful in, in kind of um, keeping that away. So I think that those types of policies continue to come out as a way to really control growth. And I think that the mindset behind it is because they don't want too much growth, right? Hmm. But what is enough growth? And I, I don't think we're there yet. You know, we're under 2% vacancy. That's clearly not enough. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's the state of California, it right? Is. Like it's, I mean, it is. this is, we have, I have lots of conversations with friends that are uh, in the Midwest in various places and, and, and they cannot relate to the idea right that we are struggling with with just you know enclosed space you know like they're just you know in cincinnati you can buy an entire um, yeah. building for the the cost of one small mm-hmm. you know bungalow here so yeah. i was just in i was just in fargo and they were putting the the come on move up here buy your second home up here and you know ninety thousand dollars <laughs> dude it's fargo right. and but i love them you know they're yeah. r- very very awesome people um <laughs> But different challenges. It's interesting because I was working with the livable cities people up there. And it's kind of the, we have the same general challenge. It's just different location. Yeah. You know? Thank you so much for coming all the way down up here to over. visit over, <laughs> over to visit with us. Um, I've got a, uh, the thing that I love most about the show is at the very end, and you've listened to the show, and you know it's where um, you get to give this show a title. Oh. Ah, put me on the spot. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Uh, our listener has been waiting for this. Um, Alan, this is the part I know you love because you tell me each week that you love this bit. Um, what should we call the show? Wow, that's a good question. I kind of like the whole concept of, you know, not paradise isn't perfect, but, you know, room for improvement in paradise. Okay. There we go. Um, thank you so much. And Greg, thank you so much for bringing us another uh, very, very interesting conversation, Stephanie. Thank you. Uh, for thank me. you so much. And, uh, and best of luck to you. And uh, officially, if someone didn't say it, welcome thank to you. us, <laughs> to Central California. She's been waiting three years. Yes. Yes. Three uh, years for I, a, I a wish small I had a key to the 805. I Ooh, would, I we would. should start doing that. Oh, you That's want to do that? That would be fun. Oh, I've got one of my favorite artists passes out keys to the city of uh, New York, Paul Ramirez Jonas. You know, it's oh. interesting. I going to council meetings. I see them giving the key to the city, and I'm uh, always thinking, I, I would love a key to the city. I want a key. I've never had a key to the city. Uh, pa- Paul Ramirez Jonas, look it up. Great, great, uh, great project where uh, it the keys would give. He'd pass them out in Times Square, and they would open eight secret locations around the city. And one of them was a city councilman's office, wow. so you could go and unlock uh, the office, and you could get access. It was all about access. 
Very cool. It's yeah. always all about access. That's right. Thank you so much. Um, I would also like to thank California Lutheran University's School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services and our podcasting partner, Polestring Press. If you're interested in starting a podcast in these days, who isn't? <laughs> Certainly uh, not Katie Couric, who has a very successful oh podcast. Oh, my gosh. It's, um, every celebrity I know has started a podcast. That's how they introduce everybody. And they've got a podcast. And now the bonus episodes of podcasts that I listen to are just promoting new podcasts uh, of course. to listen to, yeah. which is yeah. how you get sucked in. If that sounds interesting to you, we know how to do that. We'd love to help you with that. Drop us a note to podcast at 805connect.com. Patrick, how yep. could our listener help us? They've, they've listened to the show. They're really interested. How could they help the show? Well, um, in back inside of the uh, the podcast app, there, if you mm. throw some stars at us, that does a thing to you. It's it's like um, it's like a magical golden gift that you can't believe how valuable it's that free. is. It's free. It's free. Yeah, it costs you nothing to give us a few stars, and yet it allows other people to find us and find this podcast. So do that. The other thing would be, I'd say, you know, go out and join your chamber of commerce. Yep. I, I think that um, that that if you don't do it. As Stephanie said, you'll be you'll be leaving those decisions up to other people who may have a different agenda from you. So, if you're looking to change and participate in your community, uh, find a chamber. Be and a we'll put a we'll put a link uh, in the show notes uh, for how to get in touch with the Ventura Chamber. Especially for sure. if you're a female-owned business. Oh, exactly. Especially, especially. I would love to hear from you if you have uh, questions. You have an idea for a guest. Uh, Greg isn't. Greg and Gerhardt aren't the only ones who suggest guests. We get them from lots of people. We totally appreciate that. Just drop me a line personally to Mark at eight hundred five connect dot com. Thank you so much in advance. The show is one hundred percent driven by your suggestions of cool people we need to talk to. And until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.